This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 12.03, Monday afternoon, a brand new week, October 17th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. There's a chill in the air, some snow on the way. Pour yourself some uh, hot cocoa and listen to the Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. The man who leads Bank of America is discussing the latest data on consumer saving and spending. We'll cover that in our next segment, but right now, the coming days, will feature key reports from the housing market, along with closely watched numbers on manufacturing. We're joined by Tom Hudson, the week-ahead columnist with McClatchy Tribune News Services based in Miami. Tom, thanks for joining us this afternoon. When we last spoke at 1020, the uh, rally on Wall Street was already in full swing. You said it was underway uh, due to a lack of uh, bad news so far today. So is this uh, good vibes rally continuing and does it show any sign of slowing down? Well, you know, we'll have to see here based upon the economic data, particularly and the earnings uh, forecast, the visibility that corporate uh, leaders are going to share with investors throughout this week. It's less about performance, obviously, in the last quarter, even not necessarily performance uh, here in the current quarter. It's really that visibility and the impact of inflation, the impact of interest rates, and the impact of consumer confidence when it comes to the profitability of corporate America, its outlook in 2023. And uh, we do have uh, some numbers coming out this week. Already the uh, Empire State Manufacturing Survey uh, talking about manufacturing activity in the state of New York shrinking in the month of October for the third straight month. So showing signs at the very least in the Northeast of some contraction in the manufacturing sector. Yeah, something to watch, certainly. But that report, very regional and kind of uh, the impact on the trading market can be pretty low. Just look at, you know, the reaction or lack thereof today. I think you hit it uh, in your lead introduction to me about what to watch. It's about housing this week, Uh, particularly the existing home sales numbers for the month of September that are going to come out on Thursday. You know, more Americans either own or co-own their home with the bank than own stocks. So if you want to try to figure out why has consumer confidence uh, been pretty decent despite high interest rates, despite high inflation, some of that's because of the wealth effect as related to our primary homes. You know, prices have held up even as mortgage rates have shot up to their highest level in many, many years. Home Builders Index out tomorrow. The report on housing starts out on Wednesday. When it comes to the fight against inflation, one of the major drivers is the cost of housing, the cost of rent especially. Uh, With the uh, higher interest rates uh, bringing the housing market seemingly to a halt, is this a potential pivot point in uh, bringing down uh, housing costs, especially for those who rent? Well, uh, I think what it could bring, it could uh, slow the acceleration, right? It, I'm not sure it's going to bend the curve, the cost curve, in, in terms of like lower rents, 
But here in southeast Florida, where I live, that has experienced some of the highest year-over-year annual increases in rent in the nation, we have seen that acceleration beginning to slow a little bit, slow more than just a little bit, which is great news for renters uh, and good news for the economy, frankly, because it, it was on an unsustainable trajectory with uh, you know rent increases of 30, 40, 50 percent or more in some cases. Tom Hudson, the week ahead columnist for McClatchy Tribune News Services based in Miami. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan is discussing the latest spending and saving data from its customers. We welcome in Dick Beauvais, financial strategist for the New York-based Odeon Capital Group. Dick, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Uh, What uh, did the third quarter have in store for Bank of America? Well, I think that uh, from uh, a backward-looking perspective, in other words, if you take a look at the income statement and realize that you're looking at the rearview mirror, it's telling you that the last quarter was very strong in terms of uh, increase in loan growth, increase in net interest margins, uh, and increase in the net interest income of the bank. However, if you, if you look a little bit deeper into that income statement, you'll see that on a year-over-year basis, the company's earnings went down. Uh, you'll also see that uh, their loan losses went up very sharply. And you'll fir- finally, you'll see, that if you look at the uh, balance sheet, that the company's uh, net worth went down. So you have to ask yourself, if things are so great, you know, if net interest income and, and, and rising rates are so wonderful for the bank, how in heaven's name did their earnings go down year over year? And how in heaven's name is their net their, their net worth actually declining? And the reason, of course, is because the economy, at least from the, this bank's perspective, the economy is slowing down and it, it does see more loan losses coming. And, and further, you know, that the bank is, is having a lot of trouble dealing with the higher interest rates because the higher interest rates are dramatically lowering the value of the securities that they own, the loans that they own, and virtually the whole balance sheet. So you got to believe that the economy is going to be very strong as it was in the last quarter to want to stick with the stock, uh, you know, going forward. Because if you don't believe that's the case, if you believe that inflation has pushed up the uh, lending numbers, if you believe that interest rates are going to go higher, if you believe all of that reduces the uh, net worth of the bank, then uh, you're looking at at, at a time to sell into strength. And I'm I'm a seller into strength here. At the same time, the bank is also uh, painting a rather uh, sparkling portrait of the American consumer. This person is still spending freely. They're using their credit cards. Uh, their account balances are higher than they were over two years ago. Uh, they're paying their bills. So if this recession is right around the corner, uh, the American consumer doesn't really see it yet. Well, he does see it because basically retail sales were not great, uh, the last numbers that came out. Um, you know, he's not buying houses at the rate that he was buying them before. Housing prices are now starting to come down. And, you know, the inventory building, which, uh, you know, companies and, and retailers were doing, is turned into inventory divesting. So, you know, again, you can continue to look in the rearview mirror and argue that everything is going to be wonderful going forward. And the one thing that Brian Moynihan, you know, also recognizes is they're taking money out of the bank. In other words, his deposits sell. 
So if the consumer is in such great shape, why is he taking money out of the bank? Why is uh, he or she, uh, you know, reducing his retail spending? Why is uh, he or she not willing to go out and buy, you know, a lot more houses at, at much higher prices? If, if, if again, all of uh, the the positive uh, views of, of uh, Brian concerning his, um, you know, consumer banking operation is is there, it's not there. You know, you're looking backward. You're looking at what happened over the last few quarters. You know, the other thing that, you know, he's not mentioning is that inflation has a huge positive impact on banks because the the cost of the things that are being, you know, loaned against are going way up. So if you were lending money against 10 widgets, you know, a year ago at $10 a widget, you'd lend them maybe 80 bucks. If those 10 widgets now are selling for, you know, 15 bucks, you got to lend them, you know, 100 bucks. So for the bank, that's wonderful because the bank's, you know, lending went up because inflation went up. The other thing that, you know, is he's not mentioning is that if you take a look at a typical uh, economic cycle in the U.S. economy, banks always lag the cycle. The reason why they lag the cycle is because lending goes up dramatically because working capital is falling dramatically at the companies that are borrowing. It's falling because they've overestimated their sales, they've got too much in inventory, and, and they're not considering and not you know, per, per, uh, in position to handle the decline. So, again, if you, if you think the economy is going to take off like a rocket here, if you think interest rates are going to go down, then what you saw in that quarter is going to happen in the next few quarters. I think the opposite is going to happen, and therefore I think this is a good chance to sell. Dick Beauvais, financial strategist for the New York-based Odeon Capital Group. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, rapper Kanye West, now known as Ye, jumps into the social media business. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Ye, the rapper formerly known as Kanye West, has reportedly agreed to buy conservative social media platform Parler. Let's discuss this deal with Gary Kultbaum, the president of Kultbaum Capital Management based in Orlando. Find him online, GaryK.com. Gary, thanks for joining us this afternoon. In discussing Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter, uh, a lot of discussion about the business itself. You know, The analysis has always landed on the fact that uh, for all of its influence in the world of politics and media, it really punches below its weight as far as ad revenue is concerned. There are a number of conservative alternatives to Twitter. Parler is one of them. What is that space like? And is Kanye West making a, a savvy investment or did the owner of Parler find a way to dump a underperforming asset? Well, far be it for me to get into the mind of Kanye, uh, but it seems he may have woken up, was upset that he was knocked off of Twitter and Instagram for some uh, what's very much considered to be anti-Semitic uh, remarks and got upset and figured, let me buy the other guy. And I think that's maybe what's going on here, because I can tell you flat out, Parler has not turned into this big, gigantic engine uh, for conservatives like everybody expected. Uh, they're still in business, but it really has not gotten the great inroads, uh, some people think. So I think this was a, uh, I think, somewhat of a hip shot decision on his part. Whether or not it lasts or goes through, I don't know, because it seems on Monday one thought and on Tuesday a different thought from uh, some of these people. Um, and as far as 
whether the deal gets done beats the heck out of me, my friend. Yeah, Parler uh, got booted off of uh, some of the major app stores in the wake of the January 6th insurrection because uh, it seemed that uh, some of the plotters had done their work there and it was a very easy uh, uh way to solve that problem in the immediate aftermath of January 6th. But there are also other uh, conservative social media platforms out there. Former Trump aide Jason Miller has Getter, and then former President Trump has Truth Social. And if the former president, who uh, has many conservatives' hearts and minds, uh, has a social media platform, it seems that the traffic in that space would go there first and foremost. Uh, yeah, one would think so, uh, but also one also has to worry about, I don't know if the word's tiredness, uh, but, you know, this has been going on a long while, back and forth. Uh, yeah, I think there's room for it. I don't know how much. Uh, I, I think Twitter's still somewhat of the king, if, if not the king, of this uh, type of business. Uh, I do think there's going to be room for others. Again, to what extent, I don't know. I'm actually surprised it hasn't gained more weight uh, in the past, but uh, welcome to the world of social media. You are popular one day, not so the next, and back to popular on the third day. Uh, but I'm just, I, I'm not so sure this one gets done. I think this may have been an emotional move on his part. We don't even know how much uh, he's willing to pay, but it looks like Mr. Uh, Kanye decided he has plenty of money and let's uh, do something because I'm upset uh, being taken off. Gary Kulpam, president of Kulpam Capital Management based in Orlando. Thanks for joining us today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's news traffic and weather station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Russian drone attacks in Kyiv leave at least four Ukrainians dead. This is Bernie Tafoya, a new child sex abuse allegation against a well known Southside Catholic priest. And he says the charge is false. The company behind Jeep unveils an all-electric version of the iconic vehicle. It's Stock Picker Monday. We'll get a couple of suggestions from an investing pro. WBBM business. The markets are higher. The Dow is up 603 points. The NASDAQ is up 346. The S&P 500 is up 98. 39 degrees right now at O'Hare under cloudy skies. 42 at Midway. 40 at the lakefront going up to 42 today. But you can see a little bit of snow later on along. Along uh, with uh, wind chills in the 30s, it's 12:31. Topping our news at the half hour, at least four civilians are dead after Russian attacks in Kiev, Ukraine. CBS's Holly Williams has the or suicide drones, and the U.S. says that Iran has supplied hundreds of those drones to Russia. Ukraine's foreign minister wants the European Union to sanction Iran for providing unmanned aircraft. Southside priest Father Michael Flager is responding to new child sex abuse allegations leveled against. A man in his 40s claims Father Mike Flager sexually abused him during choir practice back in the late 1980s. And now Father Flager has been removed from public ministry while an investigation is conducted. 
The senior pastor at St. Sabina Church says in a statement the allegation is false and that the process is so unfair and painful to him and to the community he serves. Meanwhile, at Mass at St. Sabina yesterday, Father Tom Walsh told Father Flager over the live stream that his congregation was his army and that they support him. Father Mike, I know you're watching. We love you. Go ahead, say that. We love you, Father Michael Flager. Father Flager had been accused in early 2021 with sexually abusing a different young boy, but those allegations were not found to be true, and the priest was returned to ministry. Bernie Tafoya, 105.9 WBBM. It's 12.32 on the Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are in plus territory and then some today. A big rally underway on Wall Street. We're joined by Paul Nolte, Portfolio Manager, Kingsview Asset Management, based in Chicago. Paul, thanks for joining us today. Uh, The Dow up 605 points. The S&P 500 knocking on the door of a 100-point gain uh, on the day so far. How much of this is uh, based on actual data, and how much of this is uh, technical? I think most all of it is technical. We take a look at <clears throat> the last three, four trading days. We've seen just huge swings in the market from uh, the pre-open on Thursday. Then we got the CPI data. We went down 2%, closed up 2%. Uh, and then Friday sold off a percent to 2%, and we're bouncing back again. So I, I think a lot of this has got to do with more technical conditions inside the market than it is any fundamental data outside. You know, the, the most recent piece that we got was CPI. We now start with earnings over the next three weeks, and I think that's really going to be more of the focus of the markets company by company rather than as the economy as a whole. The uh, big market movers uh, have already happened. We had the PPI, the CPI last week. The banks have reported. Uh, What are the next uh, Q3 reports in earnings season that could give us a good read on where the economy is headed? Well, I think there's a few interesting ones, Tesla and Netflix this week. But I think really when you're looking at the big names that that could move markets, it will be the heavyweights, Apple, uh, Amazon, Google, and those, I think, show up next week. But I think it's a lot of the mid-tier industrial companies uh, and some of the food companies that could give us a good window into not only price inflation, but also how much they're able to pass that on to the consumer. And so while it's not great for the consumer that they can pass that inflation on, from a corporate perspective, obviously, we'd like to see those profits. So it's one of those things that we're going to be kind of keeping an eye on here as far as what are corporations talking about, what are they seeing in the marketplace, and are they starting to see some price price easing uh, over the last month or so. Amazon, of course, would be a good uh, heat check on consumer spending. What are you looking for when Amazon reports? I think really we're starting to look at the revenue numbers. Uh, margins, not as important, but the rev- overall revenue numbers and maybe unit sales. And that's going to be true with a lot of the retailers that we look at. It's not so much uh, how much did they do in revenue, because a lot of that is going to be impacted by the higher inflation numbers, but it's going to be the unit sales. Do we sell uh, X percent more in, in units than we did in the prior period? So again, it's a lot of this is going to be looked through the inflation lens, because it, right now, is all that the Fed is concerned with. And then when you talk about the food companies, are we talking about uh, restaurant chains and the like? 
Uh, some of the the restaurant chains, but even the Pepsi's, uh, Tyson Foods, General Mills, uh, all of those companies as well, because they are big uh, users, obviously, of grains, et cetera. Those prices have come down here a little bit. But again, uh, what are they seeing on the other side? Are they still able to, and they have been raising prices, are they going to continue to do so? Or are they looking to maybe back off of that a little bit? I think the service side of the economy is going to be uh, one of the keys as well. That's where we're seeing a lot more inflation than we are on the manufacturing side. Paul Nolte, Kingsview Asset Management Portfolio Manager based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, get ready for an all-electric Jeep. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A legendary American car brand is the latest to get in on the electric action. Let's get the update on Jeep from John McElroy, automotive industry analyst and host of Autoline.tv based in Detroit. John, thanks for joining us today. Where does, well, let's talk about the electric Jeep first. Uh, uh, What are their plans for it and when can you drive one? Well, here in the United States, we'll probably never drive it. This is really a Jeep that's meant for the European market. In fact, it's going to be made in Poland. It's really small. It's the smallest Jeep ever, probably. And, uh, you know, with a relatively small battery and uh, and motor, um, my guess is it'll probably sell somewhere around $30,000 or €30,000 in Europe. But it's highly unlikely we'll see it in the U.S. market. Ford already has uh, Im- Im- ambitious electric plans, and ha- already they have a couple of hits on their hands with uh, electric versions of the Mustang and the F-150. GM uh, started you know, the original electric automaker with the Chevy Bolt, but also jumping into that big space, that space in a big way. Uh, I know we call it Chrysler here in the U.S. It's now owned by uh, several other conglomerates. What are their plans for electric vehicles in the United States market? Well, you're going to see a flood of electric vehicles hit the market in the next three years. It's very early days right now. They're starting to trickle out. But like I said, around 2025, you're going to see all kinds of electric electric cars, electric SUVs, electric crossovers, electric pickups, electric vans, everything. There's a mad rush coming. There, you know, obviously the auto industry uh, set targets for phasing out internal combustion engine vehicles, and some of those targets uh, were set well before the run-up in gas prices last year and this year. Uh, to what degree have high gas prices accelerated those plans? They haven't really accelerated them at all. I mean, you know, uh, it takes years to develop a new vehicle. Uh, it takes uh, one to two years to retool a plant and get it up to line speed. I mean, uh, probably automakers wish they could have pulled all that forward because with gas prices high, they, they went down a bit during the summer. Now they're going back up again. There are uh, a number of people who are much more interested in getting an electric right now, but inventory of them is really tight. There is an awful lot of funding and tax credits for both uh, electric vehicle purchases and for the development of charging infrastructure in the Inflation Reduction Act that passed over the summer. What does that do for the EV industry in America? Well, uh, I'll tell you, Rob, uh, there are a lot of incentives like you talked about, but those electric cars have to be made in North America, and the batteries have to be made in the United States if you want to qualify for the full amount of those incentives. 
So what this bill is really going to do is force car companies to build more electrics in North America, Canada and Mexico, Mexico included, but especially they're going to have to start making the batteries in the U.S. That, that's the, the real big change that that bill brings forward. And then when it comes to EV manufacturing, I mean, we talked about that the, the, the cars have to be built in North America in order to get that tax credit. Um, what is the state of EV manufacturing and battery manufacturing in the U.S., and uh, where is that headed? It's small right now, but it's coming on fast. I mean, uh, it's it's amazing to me how quickly the U.S. is starting to move, especially in getting mines for the raw materials needed for the batteries. Just this year alone, we've seen mines open in the U.S. for lithium and manganese and cobalt. Uh, so that, that's been very impressive. Uh, there are quite a few battery plants just being made right now by Ford, GM, and Chrysler, as you pointed out, now uh, part of Stellantis. But others are going to come in, too. I mean, uh, Toyota and Honda and and Hyundai and uh, Volkswagen are all going to start building electric vehicles and batteries in the USA. John McElroy, automotive industry analyst, host of Autoline.tv, based in Detroit. Thanks for talking to us about the uh, electric Jeep that will be unveiled in Europe and also on just the general state of electric vehicle manufacturing in the U.S. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come our Monday Stock Picker. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday and helping us out this afternoon is Tim Grisky, Senior Portfolio Strategist with Ingalls and Snyder based in New York. Tim, thanks for joining us today. And uh, your two stock picks of the day are from two very different sectors of human behavior. Uh, So let's start with your first one, uh, United Rentals. What do you like about that one? Uh, Well, United Rentals, Rob, is uh, they rent equipment primarily for the construction industrial industry. Uh, This stock has actually done very well year to date. It hasn't massively outperformed the market, but it has outperformed the market. It's obviously a down market, but it's done well. Uh, Its competition is very limited. There are only three national players here, and only one is focused on the larger companies, and that's United Rentals. So uh, they are a one-stop shop, and they are basically uh, the only stop for big uh, construction companies. Uh, and they are going to be a big beneficiary of the infrastructure bill. Uh, that's $1.2 trillion being put into infrastructure, and they are going to be a big player in that and big beneficiary. And uh, this next one, this is a fascinating company because I did not know uh, the full uh, breadth of their portfolio, and this is the match group. Right. So, uh, you know, online dating uh, is huge, and Match is the behemoth in this industry. They control most of the dating websites. Uh, they have new leadership at the company. Uh, we think they are going to be – that's going to really help them here. The stock has not done well year-to-date, uh, and a lot of that is because they had a very weak second quarter, bad earnings, and bad guidance for the rest of the year as well. And they're also in a legal battle with Google over billing. But despite all of that, they own this business. It's not going away. Uh, the, uh, there's some competition, but not a lot. 
Uh, and this company is only getting stronger. They have 29% operating margins, which is really high. So uh, you have to, you know, take a take a stock that hasn't done well, uh, but uh, it might really uh, go well for you. This is the uh, this is the full uh, portfolio inside Match Group: Tinder, Match.com, OKCupid, Hinge, Plenty of Fish, Ship, and Our Time. Which means this company gets you from twenty uh, something hookups all the way to your late in life romance <laughs> and more. It's fifty something <laughs> different websites. And so if, if, if you want to profit off that, you certainly can. So, Tim, your selections for the week, United Rentals, uh, the ticker symbol is URI, and Match Group, which is MTCH. Tim Grisky, Senior Portfolio Strategist with Ingalls & Snyder, based in New York. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. If you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.